So how was your week? What did you do this weekend? Uh, was this weekend, actually, I went on my first social outing. How was that? All, basically in all of 2022. How was that? It was actually a great time. What did you guys do? Uh, I didn't do, well, Friday, uh, Saturday, sorry. So Saturday was the big day. And I uh, went to the Atlanta United game. It's a soccer game here in Atlanta. Okay. Uh, at the new stadium, Mercedes-Benz. And uh, it was riveting. The game was riveting, honestly. I had been in so long. And basically, uh, we were down three goals to one goal. Who are, who are you guys playing? Uh, Montreal. Okay. And they're, like, not a good team in the conference that Atlanta United is in. Okay. And what conference is that? Eastern. Okay. In the MLS, there's only two conferences. But uh, Eastern and Western. And uh, Atlanta's sort of, you know, middle to high table, and Montreal is not in okay. the bottom. And we were down three goals to one. There's 90 minutes in a full soccer game. And in the 85th minute, Atlanta United got a red card. Hmm. If you hear my baby in the background, that's Vivi again. Hey, Vivi. She's hanging out. She's hanging out. Uh, yeah, Atlanta United got a red card. So now Atlanta United's down a player, still mm. needing to try and claw back something. Okay. And somehow. Is it still no? It's three to one. So the uh, other team is winning by two goals. Okay. Three goals to one goal. And within five minutes, Atlanta United scores two goals. Ooh. And ends up tying the game. So as an Atlanta United fan, okay. it was thrilling. Packed house, beautiful day. I was with some coworkers. It was so hot that day. Yeah. And they had nice the roof out. open. Some coworkers were there. And a few had been. It was their first game. Okay. So I'm talking through the whole game. They're asking questions. And I'm like, oh, well, this is a wash. This is over. And that happens. Oh, my God. And it just led to the rest of the day. After that, everyone's on a high. We're all talking about where we're meeting up. And I end up going to NJQ. Oh, my God. Yeah. I haven't been there in, like, <laughs> five yeah, years. Yeah, same. No, no, that's a lie. I haven't been there Probably in, like, like, four years. Oh, okay. I went there for a show, a past show. Mm, nice, show nice, nice, yeah. That's the same. I haven't been there in a very long time. Wow. And I went and it was blessed. Oh, my. MJQ is the fucking best. Yeah, the venue was great. The music was great. One of the DJs got too drunk and he was awful oh, no. when he got drunk. But up to that point. What um, floor were you guys on? We stayed on the bottom floor. Because you guys were in the basement. Yeah. Oh, it's so hot, but it's so Yeah. Yeah, because you're just oh down there. Oh, my God, there. it reminds me of my pre-baby days. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'm not sure if I'll be doing that much longer. <laughs> so, so, How come? I mean, it was a great experience, but there was also just, like, way too many people. Yeah. And, That's Atlanta. Yeah. Well, well, maybe maybe not. It was cool to see so many different people, but, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm not sure. How what was the music style for the DJ of the night? Uh, one guy... One of the DJs was uh, definitely top 40 EDM mm. um, mixing like regular versions of songs, so, like a hip hop mm. song, like Money Bag Yo. Yeah. He'll remix it and then out of nowhere, the chorus will turn into an EDM song. Oh my God. Oh, so right. House Trap. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. House Trap. I didn't know it was word. So, yeah, yeah. That's what they do. MJQ Saturday Night. It's yeah. House Trap. And, I can't uh, believe they're still, they're still doing that. I mean, it's really good. But. It was a blast. Yeah. Oh, and then. Yeah, there was some good sets. Though. There was like a reggae power hour and okay. like, uh, Latin music, mm -hmm. and like reggaeton and all that. Um, it was great. 
mm-hmm. all different kinds of people, different age groups, different types. Did you guys all go into Drunken Unicorn? No, I was. I actually didn't drink at all. While I was there. No, no, no. Drunken Unicorn is the bar that's like the side. Oh, oh no, we uh, were there. See, when I used to go dark. to MJQ, we would go to the basement, mm. hang out there, yep. do the house trap, um, and it would just be like you know, just incredible, mm. sweating, oh. fucking <laughs> Red Bull drinks. It, it's like a, a required accessory. Sweat oh, to go, but it's like you. I just think of like Red Bull sticky floors. <laughs> you know, everyone's like, "You want a shot? Let's there's take a, a shot." A stage. But then Drunken Unicorn is like where it's like it that Drunken Unicorn is really where it's at. Like, mm. like if you want to hang out with all like you know the young kids, yeah, you do, or not the young kids, the over twenty one, under twenty five, mm. you do the the house trap scene. And that. then you go to Drunken Unicorn for the real grown-up scene, and that's where they play 80s and 90s music. What? The DJs there are so good. Do they share a space? They, or yeah, is you, it just on pods? You literally walk through the door. There's like a small door. Through that dangerous hill that is the MJQ entrance? So past the hill. Oh. Past, so basically, instead of going up, to the hill, when you come down, you know how you make a left yeah. to the hall? Oh, you go right. You go right. There's okay. like a little black door. Yeah, 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 yeah. It literally takes you into the drunken unicorn. I thought it was a bathroom. No, no, no. And um, so then there's a drunken unicorn. And then next to the drunken unicorn is like their sound stage. That's where past performs. Um, mm. So that we would go there and watch like hip hop performances right, and stuff right. like that. But right in the middle is drunken unicorn. And um, I think it's a cash bar, I'm but it's like go. it's like a speakeasy, mm. so it's like very hidden. Like it's it's like if you know, you know. Yeah, that's why when I said drunken unicorn, I'm like, if you didn't know what I was talking yeah, about, because that's I where it's at. That's where like the real good like '80s and '90s like rap music, but uh, like you know that like culture club. You spin me round, round gotcha. baby. I mean, I'm like, something. Uh, but like intro to winning time. Yes, that kind of where it kind of does like disco meets like you know um pop like 90s pop that sounds amazing not there's nothing like 90s pop so when like so the dj's there they just mix and it's not that crowded and it's like air conditioned mm. to the max so it's not even sweaty it's like it's like where all the air conditioners meet <laughs> it's like you cannot i you can't work with the sweat so the only downside is that it's a cash bar yeah that's the only the downside. other side was cash also yeah and i was like oh cool so okay yeah i mean i don't buy drinks the 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 lady (laughs) right yeah no the lady up front was really upset that i was on the dj's list why i don't know what she must have been having an awful day she was mad that you were on the dj's list she was mad that anyone wasn't in line Mm. if you weren't in line and then you were like oh hey i'm on the dj's list yeah she just her whole face changed like you know i i don't mind standing in a line That's what it felt like. Oh my god! <laughs> and I was like, I just really want to show you my D and walk away. She was like groovy energy. Oh, she did not hide it. There oh. was no question about her feelings. Yeah, I, I don't care to whether I'm like on the list or I'll stand in line. I just know I'm gonna go inside. Yeah, I just didn't want to pay. Oh yeah, I, I kind of just meant like, however I get inside, mm. I'm gonna just get in because I'm still gonna make it to the DJ set. Like right. You know, right? Well, that sucks. Yeah, that that wasn't great, but the rest was. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, to be fair, it is like I think MJQ is MJQ over twenty one or over eighteen. I think it's eighteen. That's why I think the left one. side is eighteen. Yeah. Um, right. 
right before you go down. Yeah, that's a fair point. I'm not 100. percent Most of the time, if they're cranky like that, it's because they're dealing with like yeah, under 25ers. And the line was like. Super let, let me long. tell you something. I was pretty annoying under 25er. I'm sure. Oh, I I'm sure I was. Ridiculously too. obnoxious. Yeah. I listen. If I were to ever meet myself at 21, not actually 21, I was all right. But at 18, mm. I would throw myself off a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny you say that. I always think about if I ever got to meet my high school self, mm-hmm. it would just be an on-site altercation. On, oh, you are so violent. I'm why, just, why is that on-site? Oh my because god! Because that version of me. Just, I mean, I am like throwing people off bridges. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm to talk. So that's, that's less violent. You know, maybe they'll fall in water and just die on impact. <laughs> that's violent. But... Yeah. But yeah, it's on site. Yeah, high school me. Not it's not even me. I don't even know who that person is. Yeah, I'm. I you know having girls, having daughters is definitely mm. putting so much more into perspective. You know, because right. like it's one thing when like you know your mom tells you you're gonna pay for everything you made me do with your kids, <laughs> and it's different to just kind of have experienced it and just be like, mom, I'm sorry for the things I did, <laughs> versus being like. Why did you have to put that on me? Mm. You know what I mean? Like I could I still would have come to her had she not said that, but outside of that, I'm just more like oh my So God. you're saying being a mother has like uh helped you understand what your mother was going through with Oh, I mean absolutely. Age. And I had my kids much older than mom did. Mm. So and I had a and I have a partner. You know, mom was single, so it's way puts so much into perspective. Mm. Um, nonetheless, it's still hard. Oh, and, of course. You know, it has its moment. But being a mom definitely has made me become so much more aware of like how my mom did it and all the mm. fear she must have had, but like still had the courage to like let me be to a certain extent independent and free and like kind of get into my own shit and yeah, like helping totally. me get out of it or like you know the way Gwen talks to me sometimes I'm just like <laughs> I'm just like, like sometimes what? you're like I'm just like yo <laughs> what I would never have been but I kind of let her in a sense because I know that she like can't see the future right you know right. for the trees she's just kind of like <laughs> She's just kind of like in the moment, and yeah. I, I have to obviously. Her whole reality is right there. Right. It mm. does. The future does not matter. <laughs> it, it doesn't exist. So yeah. I kind of have to like be like, for example, this morning, for the last like two months, her and Amy literally have tantrums in the morning to go to school. They they go to school in the morning, and it's like every day they go to school. It's not new. But yet they want to have these like full on tantrums about like they're not ready to go to school. They don't want to go. And I'm just like, literally, you go to school every day. (laughs) Why is this new for you? This is not new. Exactly. But the thing is, you know, we let them go to sleep with watching TV. And so now it's 10 o'clock. Now it's 10 o'clock and they're not asleep. And and, you know. Right. So, you know, part of it, we're the problem. So this week, we're going to try to, like, let them not watch anything before bed. And then that way, they can just fall asleep to their own thoughts. Mm. You know what I mean? It seems like something straightforward, but, like, puts into perspective when you kind of have to help go in that direction with your own children, you know? Obviously, you know, I don't. 
And it's interesting you use the word uh, courage. I've learned a lot about that word this week. Okay. What triggered that? Uh, it was random. Okay. I was on the TikTok. Yeah. Oh. And you're uh, like educating yourself on TikTok. Yeah, I'm trying to learn a little more about it and the little the algae. Mm-hmm. It uh, it's picked up on a lot of my likes and follows. Obviously, it's haunting. It is, and uh, one of them was uh, Maya Angelou. She had popped up. It was like, oh, that's good. You're in like poet uh, poet talk and uh, poet talk, and uh, it was Maya Angelou and. I was on Poet Talk, as Marge puts it, and she was just reciting one of her philosophers, I guess, or one of the philosophies she likes, and it really resonated with me. It's just funny you say that word. What was it? She says, uh, it's not, it's difficult to uphold a lot of the virtues that you try and live with without courage, because without courage, there's no way to consistently be kind virtuous or you know present consistently uh she mentioned it's easy to be erratically present you know so in bursts but to consistently be kind takes courage and i was like oh i really resonate with that yeah it's kind of like you have to be the lighthouse in the chaos yeah that's what parenting is Ah. <laughs> that's at least that's what i've learned as a parent is gotcha. that i have to be the anchor i have to be the lighthouse i have to be what's like stable and steady while they're the storm gotcha you know what i mean are the challenges personally like finding ways to making sure your lighthouse stays firm within the storm what is it like you as the lighthouse in this mm-hmm. example like you're all, I'm assuming, is not just being a mother. Mm-hmm. So you're your own person as well. So yeah, finding that to, balance so there's no cracks in the structure, metaphorically. Right. So, you know, one of those things for me was going to therapy when I was like 21. Well, I was kind of forced to go into therapy, <laughs> actually. Um, I had a, an ex-partner who was like, uh, you go to therapy or we're breaking up? So I was like, yeah, I'll go to therapy. Well. And then we still broke up because I went to therapy. <laughs> so I'm always very grateful Bye. that he forced me to go to therapy. But I'm also grateful for therapy because it made me realize I was like in the wrong relationship. Mm. But also because I just wasn't fully, I wasn't, I hadn't, reali- hadn't realized certain things. You know, like gotcha. Maslow's pyramid of like self-actualization. Mm. I hadn't been realized in certain ways. So I was kind of creating chaos when the chaos wasn't there gotcha. and so that made me think that was the relationship i wanted to be in but the relationship had no chaos when i was creating it so when the relationship had no chaos i had nothing in common with this person hmm. and i was so surprised i was like oh we like don't share like we shared similar things <laughs> but certain foundational things were just I hadn't even considered because I was like focused. I was looking for something else. So after I was in therapy and I kind of came out of it, Mm -hmm. I felt really grounded. And when I was grounded, I realized like, oh, we just have certain structural differences. Yeah. We're better as friends because that's kind of how it felt. I was like, I was like with my best friend. And And you weren't that old when this was happening too, right? No, I was like 21. 
and then I mean, to have those kind of realizations. Yeah. Um, but you know, that kind of helps when you date like an older person, they mm. have more life experience and right. they're able to just like help you guide you in certain ways. Um, so, you know, we ended it pretty amicably and then, um, you know, and then I was kind of like living my life right? and then had a baby, got married or got married, had a baby. And then I went back to therapy to deal with like daddy stuff. Mm. I mean, I kind of dealt with daddy stuff earlier, but. This one was like as an adult. Oh, pops. Yeah. So that kind of helped me understand my adult relationships because I was I was just taking care of like the trauma from childhood. Good old T-Rama. So but then I went back to therapy as an adult. And so that kind of helped me understand more of my adult relationships. And so then you think, oh, everything's fine. Right. right. But then as your kids are getting older, you're like, I still have so much I'm learning to do. <laughs> So, like, every day is really, like, they test me in a way that I'm, like, challenges what I have to unlearn. Mm. And so I have to be strong enough to recognize that I'm being challenged and not react traditionally gotcha. in a way that I'm used to reacting. I have to, like, really recognize, like, I'm being triggered. I have to unlearn this because a child is triggering me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And all of this in yeah. the span of literally being yelled at or being, like has some she's having a tantrum because i gave her juice when she wanted water but she had uh, asked for juice but she wanted water she is... wanted aqua juice but i gave her sprite but she wanted but she says she wanted sprite it's like i have to yeah you substitute kid put in an adult you're like you're a psycho right <laughs> literally but then i realized like you know her triggers are just unmet things in me mm. so then i have to go and like hug my little self and then be like, okay, it's okay. Everything's going to be just fine. So then I regurgitate that to them. And I'm like, you know what? That's I understand. Awesome. It's fine. We have time. We can make it work. Do you feel like you would have gotten there in those moments without therapy? No way. Mm. Absolutely not. Like, I don't think I could do that as a parent right now. That's why I'm curious. No, there's no. Okay, I'll say this. You can. Sure. But It'll take you 30 years to get there. <laughs> Why take 30 years when you can get it done in nine months? Right. You know right. what I mean? When you yeah. can actually have the next 30 years be so much more significant than the last 30 years. You have an opportunity to like truly change your life. Yeah. Just to have certain like small needs met that you didn't think you needed met. And then once you meet, once they, once they're met, mm -hmm. you're in such a different place. Like, you know, you're not as impressed. Oh, gotcha. You're not as, you're so much more chill about certain things. And I say that personally because, like, I was a person who used to be described as on. <laughs> I was never off. The switch didn't have an off. Yeah. It um, was on and on less. Jackie would always be like, you're a very on person. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? What do you mean I'm on? She's like, you're on right now. Yeah, that sounds like a Captain Jack thing. You know, so... And also, like, having much more mature friends, mm. they really help you, like, mm, you don't see this, but let me tell you, and you need to go back to this. Yeah. You need definitely. to work on this. Just having them, having friends that are willing to do that for you. Yeah. And for themselves, I guess. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, that, that kind of, you know, tells you, like, the kind of friends you want are the ones that are willing to say, like, I'm going to hold a mirror up to you. Mm. And you got to face yourself a little bit. Oof. And I've been doing that this year. And it ain't easy, but you're so much better for it. 
afterwards. Mm. Does that make sense? You have more yeah, genuine, honest relationships with like the people in your life because yeah. they're like, you need to look at yourself. You need to get it. You need to get this together. I know the fluff is gone. Right. You're really looking at it. But you are. know what? That didn't hit me until I was in my Saturn's return, which is the mm. 27 to 32 cycle where Saturn hits your birth. Saturn meets at the same place that you were born at 30 years ago. Ooh. So you don't start to feel those. You start to feel the beginning of it when you're like 28. And it doesn't end until you're about 32 because Saturn moves that slow. And is this a reflection of some change happening in your life? Does it is it always related to who you are? Absolutely. Okay. It's one of those things where like um uh so Saturn has an ability to like uh break everything in your life. <laughs> it's got a lot of rings. Yeah, it think of Saturn, think of yourself as Tefiti. Oh, OG Egyptian queen. And Saturn, not not Nefertiti. Oh. Tefiti, Tefiti. from Moana. Oh, I'm sorry. Think of yourself for the first 30 Love years. Love that movie so much. <laughs> Think of yourself for the first 30 years as Tefiti. Wow. And then Saturn comes around and brings you your heart. Oh. And so that's like your first Saturn That's kind of beautiful. Yeah, that's the Saturn's return. But the only. I mean, that. that that uh simulation yeah that, that was beautiful you have to be open to going through that mm. or else you just remain defeated for another 30 years that kind of hit me really hard yeah because <laughs> i'm absolutely in my saturn return right now yeah you 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 age when you come <laughs> out of your saturn return you age like 10 years uh it's not all physical right uh yeah, pretty physical. <laughs> you feel it somatically. You feel it in your stomach. You feel it in your back. Oh, you feel it in your God. throat. You feel it in your eyes. It's really? also yeah, because like your emotions are attached to certain organs in your body. Mm. For example, if you're doing a lot of like um twisting and binding stretches, mm -hmm. you might find yourself more angry afterwards. Really? Because um twisting massages the liver and livers where we hold our anger so you know so if like, you're drinking and you're more of an angry drunk you kind of have to deal with more you know there's you'd be surprised where your body holds um, so like tension morning stretch going over to that left ankle and you're like fuck yeah something like that <laughs> or you might realize like you'll be fine and then suddenly you're angry mm. and you don't even know why you're like why am i <laughs> so angry you're lewis black yeah, immediately. <laughs> and then um, then you, uh, what's another one? For example, like if you're anxious, mm -hmm. you have gut problems. Oh, my God. You have intestinal this gut problems. This is a joke. No. I feel like To me, I'm this is reading, like ABC. I'm reading my, it's like that first time you read your. Uh, chart. Chart, yes. Mm -hmm. In your, um, I'm forgetting the field, astrology. Okay. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's many charts you can read, but astrologically, well, yeah. Astrologically, my chart. Mm -hmm. um, actually, you were the one, March, that exposed me to it. And I was reading it. And, you know, it was difficult for me to take it at uh, face value because I read, I felt like I was reading myself. Yes. And that was when challenging. Was that? It was a few years ago, probably, what are we, 22, like four years ago? I would say 
reread it mm. because real truthfully any astrology you read under 30 is irrelevant hmm. your astrology chart doesn't matter until after your 30s because that's gotcha. when you have life that's when you have you've had life lived mm. you can't really like take advice being like you know um what would be some like typical like astrological advice you can't be like today in business today you might have conflicts with someone that you've been meaning to work something out with and then you finally get it through yeah but you're 18 what does that mean for an 18 year old absolutely you know um what's his name john drank all my jaeger shots and now i have like (laughs) now i have to now he didn't pay the tab and now i have to like cover for him and now we have to like now we have to deal with this johnny you know what i mean like yeah yeah totally you know, or or another one is be like, you had issues, you had neglectful issues as a as a in your youth, and now as an adult you struggle with intimate relationships, and it's like, oh, you're Barnett. Yeah, you're Barnett. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Anyway, I'm kind of like not coming up with things, but yeah, like astrology really doesn't take effect until gotcha. you're reading your chart is more effective. And you can use it to your advantage energetically after 30. Yeah, it's like. You think you think it read you then. I mean, just your Ooh. words are striking because I got gut problems. Yeah. And it's new. Yeah. Figured out was mayo. Oh. And ranch. Yeah. Well, I think you said you kind of have like anxiety or yes. you have like high functioning anxiety. Yes. Undiagnosed. Und- yeah, Armchair diagnosed unprofessional yeah unsolicited assumption the the good thing is though that because so many people have anxiety for a variety of reasons Mm -hmm. getting help for that is much easier than like being the new person being Mm. like the test dummy being like i don't know what's wrong with you let's like put you on all these different things but when there's like a consensus that there's so many people who have it that just means there's a demand for it Mm -hmm. so there's more um, tools for it there's more yeah it's always interesting when you feel that way and you feel like you're the only one that feels that way yeah and well because you're the center so of the common. universe not like in a dismissive way like you really are the center of the universe mm-hmm. so you are the only one experiencing what you're experiencing wow it's so it, it's funny you're bringing that up too because i also heard something recently about that on TikTok. also on the talk <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh yeah, long story short, it was basically like, uh, have you ever heard of Kyrgyzeg? No. It's a YouTube channel. Kyrgyzeg? Kyrgyzeg. No, is that the one that you like, yeah, had talked recommended? Yeah, I had recommended yeah. it a while back. But effectively, there's a channel that uh, a team put together, and they go out and they talk to actual people in the fields, in these respective fields. And effectively, they go out and talk to all these people in their professions and their fields, and they just answer very like common questions that the common person would ask, like, what's this business about a Mars base, for example? And they go and talk to people that are involved in the project and get some answers and then explain it in very layman terms. Mm-hmm. One of them is the egg. Ah, uh, yes, I've seen mm-hmm. one. Well, and, you know, basically, it's telling you that everyone is you are you and everyone is you and you are everyone Mm -hmm. at all times and it's just a way to help you kind of treat people better i think yeah and uh what you just said basically is another example of that yeah Mm -hmm. no that's 
100% how it is. Like, I think I saw a TikTok that said the people around you, there are people around you who don't actually exist. <laughs> That's so disturbing. Like, let's say you're at the airport mm-hmm. and you're standing in line. Mm-hmm. Half those people don't exist. This you're is not just, something I'm prepared to think about right now. You're just, your brain is um, filling out things it can't understand. It doesn't, like, recognize. Mm. So it fills it in with things it does. Some people fill it in with God. Some people fill it in with other God-like things. Some people fill it in with, you know, haunting images of, you know. Some people fill it in with, like, you know, big pharma and <laughs> and okay. COVID yeah. and the virus. Okay. Every single person, no, you know, some people, a person can, like you, you were at in the basement at mjq Ugh. and there were so many people but you probably looked at them as coronaviruses uh, every single one of them every single, they're no longer people now they're just viruses mm. you know it, it just kind of tells it's your brain's way of trying to like understand its positioning wherever it's at mm. so it fills it in with whatever brings it comfort and sometimes some people's comfort is fear some people's comfort is you know illusions of you know Grandeur. Grandeur. <laughs> I hear you. You know, that ain't got nothing to do with me, but I, right. mean, I want nothing to I do mean, with that. <laughs> it's not even really happening. Right. It's just <laughs> an illusion. That's 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 a deep cut. So, but yeah, let's, uh, you want to get into winning time? Let's do it. Hey guys, it's March. It's Antonio. And you're listening to Hola Bichola. Hola. Hola. Winning time episode three. Whew. If you're here with us, thank you for staying. Thanks for episode listening. Three. I love it. <laughs> There's a lot of love. It's a lot of love to be had. A lot of love. Because Dr. Bustin got enough of that this episode. Oh my God. He spent it fighting. Uh, okay. If you could describe episode two, Oof. one word motivational. Motivational. Mm-hmm. You know what? Let's take that into episode three. Let's see if that still sticks. Motivational. Riveting. Riveting. Mm. Motivational riveting. Motivationally riveting. Okay, two words. Yes. Two words. Hyphenated. Motivationally riveting. Okay, I have different thoughts on episode two, but let's see what episode three is like. Mm. All right, so we start with a cold open. That's right. We are at, um, where are we? Uh, we're at the office with bus. And Dr. West. That's correct. And it's basically five minutes after he just said he quits. That's how episode three opens. Yeah. So he's basically like, oh, well, Bus is telling Wes, like. That's right. They're in the, uh, they're in Dr. Bus's office. Yes. And, and Dr. Uh, Bus is like, how are you going to do this to me? Yeah. After he had his big spiel. Yeah. So he's basically raging. Totally. Yeah. He's having like a slight meltdown. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's coming down. That's true. He's in the midst of a come down. That's a great point. That's <laughs> no. a great point. I mean, he did just scream at the top of his lungs on the top of, floor, of the fourth floor. Yeah. So, great point. Yeah, but he's coming down off a coke bender. Oh, I, I did <laughs> that's, not. that's a come down. Oh, I didn't know. he. It didn't show him taking any. So <laughs> his, you know, his erratic behaviors imply. But totally... It makes more sense now. The behavior makes I mean, at least sense. that's how I see him. So he's, oh, he's yeah. Coming it fits. Off. He's it fits. coming off a bender. Um, and then what's said, I have 
for that scene, I wrote West admits to being a terrible coach. Yeah, West went through a, I think, just a shift in personnel personality. Yeah, I thought I hated him. Me too. But now I hate him just a little less. I got, I got, <laughs> I got the same feeling with West on winning that I did with Larry Bird's story in the documentary Magic mm, vs. Larry. Okay. I had a very similar experience. Emotion. You had a like a visceral reaction to Bird until the end. Exactly. Okay, well, he, so he won you over in some way. In in a very, very small way, because I think I can, on a very small scale, relate to him. Yeah. And Because uh, he's you. It is he? Yeah. Am I that violent? <laughs> oh, no, no, because everything is you. Ah. The universe is you, ah, so Larry Bird is you. I miss sometimes circles. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a triangle guy. It's all right. I'm an ADD person. Everything's a circle. I'll get it's to it. It's not like a triangle. It's got a quarter. Pronounce you Chuck and Larry, Rob Schneider. Ah, it's all right. You know, it's a reference for when mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's Adam a Sandler and Kevin happy, James. What is it called? Happy married. Gilmore thing. Oh yeah, it's 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 definitely a good old boys club. No, no, the the movie production. Happened. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Happy okay. Gilmore. Yeah, yeah. Sandler, uh, Kevin James, Rob Schneider. The, Sorry, I missed that reference. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I'm like I'm like fully caught up on Adam Sandler references up until. Uh, that's a it's a long pause hold on uh, i mean it's not like maybe grown-ups but like okay so like 2000s yeah at least <laughs> grown-ups is the last movie oh funny people he's in funny people right which i think was his last good film i don't remember but the only liners i have of happy gilmore were the oh no ones he that did uncut like, jobs oh you see what i'm saying he was in uncut jobs but, but that's that's not a sandler movie though that's true a rob safty movie that's right that's right i'm sorry Oh my god, I'm gonna tell you something. You know what? I'll tell you now and I'll delete it. So, after he admits to being a terrible coach, that's right, and he seems to be doing so very sincerely, yes, which is why I thought it was a bit endearing. Like, he recognizes his own faults, his shortcomings, which is all you really want. Um, but not what Dr. Buss wanted in that moment, that's for sure. No, no, Dr. Buss is like gold money, you know, showtime, showtime. So then the opening credits is a very small cold open. So now we're watching Magic getting ready to leave for LA. That's right. He's leaving his hometown. And then we have the introduction of Adrian Brody. Yeah. And that's huge. Because as a professional athlete, as a who he is now mm-hmm. it's just a polar opposite um when i saw him walking into the scene i just thought oh my god a mustache i know that this... hair oh hair and his being so it's like hey skinny oh i don't get why he almost he's like leaning into his bird like <laughs> right it's like he's accepting that he's a vulture yeah i i it's very it's that's one way to commit to right. character. Yeah, is to become it. But I'm very excited to see Adrian Brody play Pat Riley. Yeah. This I whole scene, this whole episode was like really pretty, like heavy. I, and I think kind of establishing a precedent. Which I had to ask because I didn't know. I was like, Mike, who the hell is Pat Riley? He was like, Who the hell is Pat Riley? <laughs> He's like, fuck around and find out. <laughs> Look, honestly, 
Pat Riley currently, the mm-hmm. real one, he feels like a mobster. Oh my like, god. Foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> Way to bring the episode in. I know. It's the reason I brought it up. But I'm talking about the real Pat Riley, not Adrian Barodi, who's playing Pat Riley in Winning Time on HBO. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. Now I think his image mm-hmm. is starting to kind of Yeah. Oh my goodness. Sorry. A big I've, click. I've been watching Vikings all week. Uh have you seen Vikings? No, but it's number one on my list to watch. I'm t- I'm in season six. And I literally thought of you, but I just need you to know when you watch it, please do not idealize what's his face. The Ragnarok book. Okay. It's very hard <laughs> not to. Um, I'm telling you. Are what, you watching it on Hulu? Yeah. Okay. I'm on season six. I'm like and, at the end. Oh, okay. I did not know it was available on Hulu. Everything. That's amazing. I thought it was like that star. I started on, on I'm Tuesday. I'm not paying you Hulu for stars. Um, I started on Tuesday. You started on Tuesday. Yeah. And you're on season six. Yeah, and there's 20 episodes and four or five. <laughs> that's how much TV I watch. That is, uh, so in my world, in the anime world, that's called the spirit of the grinder. What does that mean? It means that you're a elite person at sticking to your guns when it comes to a show. Oh, app. Oh. You really just put those episodes oh. down. I mean, down to the down, down. <laughs> I, Grind down to the marrow. House down. The really nice thing about getting to an, into a show that's already existed yep. is that you get it's you can binge it. Oh, it's it's about Vikings. Listen, okay. And this is going to be a very bold statement. I know this episode isn't about Vikings. Hot Bringing it up the time. But I think it's better than Game of Thrones. Oh <laughs> my God. <laughs> I am not sure there's enough fury in me to handle that. When, listen, when I tell you, do not idealize Ragnar Lothbrok. Are you telling me he's Ned Stark, but around? Yeah. Oh, that is a very problematic thing for me to hear. Mm. You want to talk about idolizing. Also, put a big diamond pin in this. I'm going to reapproach this with you. That's fine. Because how dare you? I'm telling you, it is incredible. I'm, and I'm, the, especially the actor who plays Ragnar Lothbrok. Mm. I like I went down like a rabbit hole of like Viking the show and the actor. People are getting tattoos of the actor as Ragnar because when you when he plays this person, yep, you think this is exactly how it went. So it's like historical and ref. It's like historical, but it's like you know also fiction. Yeah, of course, because um, there's even question marks that Vikings had blonde hair and blue eyes. I didn't even know that. Yeah, that's the thing. There's an ongoing, pretty strong theory right now that Vikings didn't actually have blonde hair and blue eyes. Really? Yeah. I'll have to give you some more specifics on that. This was a yeah. random bring up, but I definitely read that. That's interesting because one of the yeah. on the show are very Scandinavian, as we understand Scandinavians. Right, right. To look these days. Um, but yeah, the show is really, really good. That's that's it's really always, exciting. It's always in a place of, and now we fight. <laughs> what are we going to do? And now we fight. 
Amazing. I am from this place. This is my homeland. We yes. fight. This Ragnar. Um, no, this is literally all of them. They all sound like that. Ragnar is like, oh, he's he's a sad boy. <laughs> oh, is he? Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay, a... I don't want to say too much. Okay. Because I, I can't ruin it again. It's historical to some degree. But I will say the way that the act the acting mm-hmm. is to me better than Game of Thrones. You're still riding that horse and you're gonna die on I, that I, what I will say though is the accent game. Hmm. It's very inconsistent. In Vikings. In Vikings. Okay. It's very inconsistent. At some point they sound Jamaican. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, oh. what? Um, I'm not entirely sure I could take a show about Jamaican Vikings seriously. That would be it just the, that might be better than Game of Thrones. The the accent game. It's like I don't know what what region they're from. Obviously, I'm watching Norwegian um Vikings, but mm, there's like Danish, there's right. Russian Vikings. I hadn't even know that existed. Oh yeah. There's just so many incredible things going on in that region. And since we have a lot of, you know, context and stories about them it's it's really nice to kind of see it play out on tv hmm. um it's very it's very easy to idolize i was like okay i'm not i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna do it and then i did it and then i got on duolingo and i was like learn norwegian <laughs> <laughs> well you know how duolingo, duolingo goes uh old duo the apple and the pencil are together and the student brings it to the library <laughs> you are an apple <laughs> Right. Who talks like that? Who talks like that? The cat loves the food. Is it air? You're like, huh? Does the cat like air? <sighs> Duolingo. You know what though? You're really helping me out on my Korean journey, so it's alright. That's good. Cause yeah. I'm you need to catch up. I'm on my eighty seventh day in a row. Oh, I lost my streak. Yeah. Yeah, my flame is gone. Mm, that sucks. I'm I'm doing pretty good. My goal is to do a hundred days. You're on Dutch, right? I'm doing Dutch, yeah, and Norwegian mm. and Haitian Creole, really, and Spanish, just because you know sometimes right. I'm a little rusty. Yeah. So, so now I'm like on the five. It's just so lame. I'm like, just focus. <laughs> you were learning Dutch for a reason. Yeah. Um. Anyway, sorry. Listen, I'm mm, I'm beyond cool. upset. I'm almost considering doing a rewatch. <laughs> uh, and I'm not even finished. Okay, so forgive us. Um, back to the show. So we were in talking about Adrian Brody as yes. Pat Riley. So the scene after that was the CFO scene, where the accountant is talking to Jeannie, and they're yep. talking about money. Yeah. And was this right after uh, she, the accountant showed up, and all her books were missing? Yeah, yeah, that was episode two. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You're right. Sorry. Because Jeannie's like, why did you go with the ladies? <clears throat> and she was like, because my bucks. And she was like, yeah, my uncle has that. So in this scene, all I see is that they're all smoking cigarettes. <laughs> and I thought. All the recruit, like the coaching staff, basically. No, literally the people working the books. Right. I was right. like, how are you smoking cigarettes on analog? Everything's going to burn down. And there's like no, there's no photocopies of these like books. I mean, you know, the time. I'm just, I just was like, that was truly a different time. 
Yeah, especially the people involved. I mean, they're not they're not even smoking cigarettes that well. I'm just like, why do you make it look so ugly? No one smokes like that. Yeah, and Lonnie should just stop talking. Yeah, that is that her name? No, no, that's the guy. It's the only guy that's part of that team. Oh, Lonnie with the with the curly fro. Yeah, where he thought to bring like a daredevil. Yeah, he was like, Kavil. why don't we have evil Knievel? Evil Knievel jumping over Kareem. <laughs> <laughs> the other girl, she was like. Lonnie, shut up. Okay. <laughs> You're a fucking idiot. That was a big fag. You I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, so then the next scene is now where um, Bus is introducing Jerry Tarka. Tarka. Tarkanian. 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 He's the, at the time, the head coach of the college basketball team. Yeah. NLB. Yes. Which is in Nevada, obviously, for Las Vegas. And so when I saw him, my first impressions were that he's in the mafia. Oh, immediately. Immediately. I was like, yeah, he's mafioso. <clears throat> yeah. How do you uh, not see it? The way he's coaching, the fact that he's got that jewelry on, the 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 bravado in his tone. Mm-hmm. Straight mafioso. Mm-hmm. And then uh, his right-hand man shows up. He was doing a lot of toupee work. It was a lot, and it was every time he was on screen. Mm, mm. And I mean, he seemed like typical Godfather greaseball. Yeah, I leather mean, jacket, tucked uh, in, striped button up that just had way too. But many was buttons. absolutely broke. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, absolutely broke. How are you gonna be like that and have more money? <sighs> One thing Jerry Tarkanini did, I think that's his name, Tarkanini. Tarkinian. 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 One thing Jerry Tarkinian did with his right hand man was uh, keep him in check. He's like, hey man, if you just need, you need some money, let me know. Yeah. He's like, I'm trying to tell you about the Lakers. Like he's going to get him more money. (laughs) Right. You don't even have money. (laughs) Yeah. How are you going to get me money? Come on. I love that in this scene there was like a Ben Balls reference. Because in Mm. the last episode I referred to Sally Fields. Who was um, Bus's mom? Doctor Bus's mother, that's right. She had a big necklace, and I thought Benoit balls. Mm. Um, so I was really happy that they made a reference in this episode too, because you know, I was just, just you know, just telling how I see it, all how I see it. Benoit balls. Mm-hmm. Benoit balls. You know what those are? I don't. I was going to ask you what those are. Oh, sorry. Um, so Benoit balls are like butt plugs. <laughs> they're like some are nice. they're like these big balls that you could like pull through they're also they can vibrate so like anal beads yeah but they're anal balls like beads like are like brazen ass oh, okay these, these are, are like, like jaw breakers <laughs> <laughs> or ass breakers <laughs> oh man that's his accountant and uh I, my entire image of her just changed <laughs> Well, that's what she wore. Right. She was in her Versace like outfit mm. with the gaudy jewelry. And it was eight AM and she was drinking rum and coke. Yeah. Oh, you know, I had I made myself a martini last night. Nice. I was like, I'm gonna play some martini. That's okay though. Um, and I can't believe I I should have known. I thought that I liked my martini shaken mm. because Bond likes his martini shaken. Of course. We always Why on earth would I ever take advice from that man? And we all know what he is. Palm colored man <laughs> who has who literally does not like any spices. That's true. Oh, I mean, yeah, of course he likes chicken because he's a fucking pussy. If you like your martini shaken, you're an actual puss. Oh, 
that is uh you're okay i'm just i'm just gonna put it like that that's firm i had mine stirred let me tell you something mm. i was gonna ask shaking mm. i always hear I'm gonna shaking place it stirred. not stirred yeah because that's how bond asks for his he goes martini shake not stirred mm. so i'm a i am a stirred lady okay because i've got big cojones so <laughs> you have big benoit balls oh <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. So um a couple of like scenes happened and I I wrote down I wrote down Adrian Brody's on the beach. Oh, I was really hoping we brought this up Man, and I, I love was California. going to. <laughs> <laughs> I think this was a really uh, really well shot scene. Mm-hmm. Adam McKay and this team. Yeah. Because What was your favorite part? Uh absolutely I would say when he was walking and the wood was in the water. Mm obvious what was that driftwood yeah but what does that mean for me it meant it was a reflect it was a reflection on where pat riley was in his life i like he was a driftwood he was just drifting through because everything that had motivated and driven him Mm -hmm. to strive and succeed was gone it was done that's a saturn's return right there exactly and he was when early 30s Mm -hmm. makes sense oh my god Oh my god! Mm-hmm. And it uh, looks like Adam McKay knows that too. Um, also, really random sidebar: Jonah Hill is the director of this episode. Of this episode, I didn't see that. Yeah, I don't know if how did I miss that? I don't know. That's a pretty good. It's it, a really good directed episode. Right. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, it was great. It was great, and uh, I think I that know. scene was just huge for Adrian Brody's character. Not Jonah Hill. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was big. So I thought it was one I really wanted to address because I thought it really set the tone for his character's action in the rest of the episode. Them, I honestly saw that episode and I was like, what am I looking at? <laughs> I, I missed the entire like depth of it. I was like. You were probably like, damn, those Cali beaches. Oh, no, I was exactly <laughs> like that. I thought, oh, I want to be in Cali right now so bad. Mm. But like, I don't want to be there with like the homeless people. But I want to be in Cali. Yeah. I just like don't want to be in Cali and like be unhappy. <laughs> I don't want to be As poor Dr. in Buss California. Says, it's a sunshine. Ugh. Not the sunshine state. I almost said that and this would have looked really dumb. It's just, oh man, there's just nothing like California. I just She's I speaking from experience. I love it so I'm much. But I just don't want to be out there like all. unhappy and suffering. Oh, of course. I can be that here. <laughs> <laughs> For half the price. Literally half the price. Um Okay, so now let's let's get into Adrian Brody and his wife. Ooh, which I think her name is Jillian Jacobs, mm-hmm, the actress. Sure is. Um, huh? Yeah. Uh, what's her name in Community? Oh, um, I don't know. You don't know. I don't watch Community. You've never seen Community. Mm-hmm. I've seen like an episode. Oh well. You're, I know that's like a big thing in your life. Yeah, you're very passive nature of that, <laughs> that statement. It's like triggering. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Sorry, Mike. But uh, microphone. Uh, yeah, she. I can't. It's not fair to her, but I can't unsee her community character. Okay, the thing is, do you like her? When you say it's unfair to her, meaning unfair to the the, the actress, the role she's playing. Mm. That she is playing it? Uh, it's unfair to that role that she is playing that. <laughs> that's like saying she's a bad actress. Because that's how I feel about her. Okay. I don't think she was playing that role well. I agree. 
Thank you. I don't think she fits that role. I don't think she's a great actress. I don't either. I, okay. She went to great. Juilliard. Fine. Oh, I'm so she happy. got a BFA in Juilliard. And I was like, you know what? Before I talk shit, let me make sure I'm talking shit right. Mm. And I'm absolutely talking shit right. She is a <laughs> terrible actress. I do not like her whatsoever. I don't think. Oh, I could, I could talk about her all day. I mean. I've seen her in things that she's absolutely ruined. Right. Oh, totally. Totally. I'm like, oh, this show is now ruined. This not, episode is ruined. I'm not crazy about actors that you can tell they're acting. Right. They and take you out of the scene. Yeah. Oh, perfect. That's way better phrased. Yeah. She takes me out of the scene every time she's there. She's bad at faking it. Yes, exactly. How can you be bad at faking it? I will say, there's moments. You're a woman. (laughs) Jesus. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, the, every time, every time she's in that scene, or on screen, actually, right there with you, Mm -hmm. I'm gone. Mm Mm-hmm. There's moments, though. She has little bits. I think, I don't know, I think Adrian Brody sometimes pulls along. I'm going to tell you to watch this show, just so you can be pissed off. Which one? It's called Love on Netflix. And it came Love. out right in the midst of, like, I think right before the pandemic. Mm. And she's on it with this other guy who kind of has very similarities, has physical similarities to Adrian Brody. Okay. They have very bird-like appearances. Gotcha. And she's playing this like um sober person. Oh, okay. Like recently sober. Like a yeah, like she's in, in gotcha. a sober life and she's like a producer for a podcast. I feel like I know this. And um it was awful. Oh. It was so bad. I was so angry watching that show. Was she like, one of the main characters? She was the lead. Oh. She got a lead on the idea film? that she could carry a show. Oh. That was a show, not a movie. That was a show. That means oh, I had to sit through episodes. So that was I actually your... liked the guy character. I thought he was kind of believable, but I think he was overacting because she was so bad at acting. Mm, he was that trying to make up the slack. He was, he was kind of trying to carry it. Mm. But it was just real dysfunctional. And I think every time she stepped in, it was like, you know, she kind of reminds me of like those people who like, they they're very like sanctimonious. They just like mm. think they're so good. Yeah. And they just come in and, and they just brighten up the day. And they're really just like a humble person to be able to like play this role. And it's really the role. It's not them. They're just like being able to like express it through that. <laughs> the like new school Hollywood thespian. Oh, yes. Yeah. She's insufferable. <laughs> so that's Jillian Jacob. And uh, um, so that at the time you were watching that show was your like sunk cost movie. Oh, yeah. That was a real sunk cost moment. Mm. Yes. Yes. Sorry. I'm just thinking about all of the sunk cost no. moments I've, I've, <laughs> I've had. Wow, Jillian that's, is that's clearly. A trigger for me. <laughs> she's clearly a regular member. I have no idea. <laughs> I was just like talking to Kristen about it. And I was like, I hate her. She was like, no, she's kind of supposed to play that. I was like, no, no, no. I hate her. <laughs> it's not even the per- the role. The role is less because of her. You know why I love hearing this? Why? Your Jillian Jacobs is your Mark Wahlberg. No way. Because oh, yeah. I, I don't I don't pursue I don't pursue anything she does. The scale. If might I be knew a she was different. gonna be in this episode, I would have not watched it. There we go. That's your way of pursuing. You you anti pursue. Exactly. You anti pursue. If I knew she had a restaurant, I wouldn't go I wouldn't, to it. Yeah. Like almost out of principle, right? 
Like, no way am I going to fucking go to your place, Jillian. No way I'm going. If she's in a play on Broadway, I'm not watching. No way. You wouldn't pay money. Not even if if it was free. I'd be like, you know what? No. Total opposite. I would because it just fuels it for me. That's insane. You (laughs) could redirect that energy elsewhere. But that energy now is, she's feeding now they're now they're feeding off of you. It's a unique signature energy dedicated to fucking anyway. I I don't I don't think so. I I think I have another one that's like Mark Wahlberg really? for me. Um, I don't think it's Jillian. I just know that whenever she's on screen, I <laughs> I feel ill. You check out. I'm out. Like after okay, so I wrote not this actress. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious because i felt the same way and then i wrote secrets about the monies <laughs> <laughs> secrets about the money which and is there's a lot of those i think that's dr bus with sally field yeah talking yeah. about so obviously so her name her real name is sally field but the mom mrs bus and yeah mama bus mama bus and then there's and doc- jenny's like learning about right the money mm-hmm. that she's they Hiding. She yeah. was told to exit the room and then she closed the door and stayed behind. I feel like she spoke to her like she didn't know who Jeannie was. It Right. She was almost talking to her like Jeannie was a child. I felt like she was like, uh, whoever you are, can you go run this area? Really? I, I felt like they didn't know each other. It felt like, okay. But oh, that's okay. what I, I saw. Could see, I can see that perspective, actually. I might have been distracted, but I remember looking no, back No, no, no. I like, totally. That's how you talk to your grandkids? The energy was like that. Yes. It was very dismissive. Yes. Yeah. It was like. Oh, genie baby. Genie baby. Can you go find me that box that's back there? I just can't grab it. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> right. And that was that scene. And she was telling Dr. Bus, Mama Bus was telling mm-hmm. Dr. Bus, hey, Cook definitely screwed you over. He cooked you. Right. He didn't pay for the stadium. And all the renovations and all the investment into the team with his own money he took out a huge loan, mm. and the loan, the bank that gave him the loan, gave him a time limit for the repayment, mm. and it was on the maturation, the maturation, maturation of the loan. I think that's. The I word. think when it's like the loan's matured, mm-hmm. it's been like <clears throat> a lot of years. Exactly. Exactly. I and don't know finance. Right. Yeah. It's a bunch Mickey. of. Mickey. <laughs> So Dr. Bus is in there with Mama Bus and she's telling him about Cook basically cooking him on the deal mm-hmm. and passed over the responsibility of the repayment to Dr. Bus without letting him know. Right. So he so, got literally butt fucked. Yeah, literally by the Benoit balls around his mom's neck. And pretty much. Maybe Adam McKay was letting us know that was coming with that necklace that was just always on screen. I mean, you'd be surprised the little Easter eggs you get in certain episodes. Like when you watch them break it down, they'll be like, well, there's this moment where yeah. mom was wearing these balls and they were kind of supposed to represent like he, he was going to be, how these were going to be but up. But <laughs> Except Rick Fox would never say fucked after the word but. He's Rick Fox. Yeah, I have Magic and Nixon talking, roasting. Magic and Nixon talking, roasting Magic's fit. Okay, so this is definitely the first time it shows up before their second outing. Yes, he's getting uh, ready yeah. for the second outing. Yeah, you're 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 you're, you're down here. Okay, okay, at the premiere. Um, I didn't think too much of it. All I thought 
There was a no Vaseline comment. Yeah, it was just honestly no it grease. Was, it was a lot of uh, uh, vernacular of the time. Yeah, and right on, right on. Yeah, right on, man, right on, <laughs> right on, man. And, hey, look, brother, you all greased up over here in the bumpkin. It's like, hey, man, look, this is cool and all, but like, I don't know what the fuck. You're there should about. be subtitles. <laughs> right. <laughs> they should have a little box on the bottom left, like the uh, layman. Uh huh. Or like the word, then like its adjective, and then how to like translate <laughs> urban dictionary. Actually, or have that guy from the Dave Chappelle show <laughs> explain. Um. Then after they're roasting each other, I have gorilla. Wow, racism fresh in the seventies. Oh yeah, that was a chick. Yeah, when he was talking to pat riley right? yes because pat wanted to do the talk over yeah he wanted to become an announcer with chick so chick was the name of the announcer of the lakers at the time during this time and then i wrote pat riley looking like peter sellers as inspector Cluzo. oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> right oh man. that's deep right guys listen <laughs> peter sellers pink panther is an untouchable gem for me and I think for us as siblings because we literally grew up watching that. Yeah, I made sure to buy all of these yeah, so that we can all watch March. It it's all March. I would I'm confident I would not have exposed myself to Peter Sellers if it wasn't for March. And it changed my life in an entertaining sense. I actually used Peter Sellers Pink Panthers character as a reference in an interview during that time. I went really? to apply at Best Buy. Uh-huh. And they were like, well, you know, talk to me. What are some of your hobbies? And I was like, all right, I'm not sure how this matters. And then I said, well, I really like watching films. And they're like, what kind? And I mentioned Pink Panther. And before he spit out his next comment, I said, Peter Sellers, of course. And he was like, we don't even need to finish this interview. Let me know if you want the job. Um, and I was like, no, thanks. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Didn't like the guy interviewing me. Yeah. So I left. Honestly, the vibes ain't right. The vibes oh, right. I was on high. I was young. Told yeah. that guy off. What oh. a mistake. Oh, no. What a mistake. You know, that's like the arrogance of being young. It's like you think that you're like outsmarting everyone or you think yeah. like you got it better. And it's like you don't. <laughs> I, like, there's I so went m- through my teens. I figured this out. There's so many moments like I'm just in the middle of my day. I'm like literally horrified by my own. But my own behavior. It's happening a lot more for me recently. I'm like, oh. Goddamn standards. I'm constantly being like, oh. <laughs> and then I'll literally rehash the conversation. Like, I'll, wa- I'll be washing dishes and I'll, like, rehash the oh conversation <laughs> that I did so that I, like, do I don't know. Do you vocalize the rehash? No, I do everything. I do okay. the entire thing. Both and then parties. Amy and Gwen are like, they're like, are you okay? Like, I'm like, no, I'm not winking at you. I'm like, literally, like. <laughs> You're like, hey, look, I'm. Right I'm now. literally not even here. I'm, 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 I'm 20 years ago right now because I, I have to re, relive a memory that I that was of my own doing. Mm. I did this to myself. I, totally I didn't have to. That. I didn't have to be that way. Why was I like that? Yeah, mine are not 20 years old. They're oh. like 20 days old. Oh no! Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, we've all been there. I've I've been there. I mean, there's times now where like. 
there there were, have been arguments that like Mike and I used to get into mm. that I was absolutely the cause of it. <laughs> and I mis misinterpreted the entire situation. But hey. But literally created three <laughs> days worth of fighting over it. I, I'm not I'm not even going to expose uh. myself in this way, but I will tell you that I was definitely the problem. <laughs> and now I, I think I'm I, I'm proud of myself to see where I am mm. because to have been the problem Oof. and now recognize that I was a problem. Now I see it everywhere else. Now I'm like, let's talk. <laughs> you don't got to be like that. But then when I see it in, in my kids, mm. when I see that part of myself in my kids, I'm like, I have to undo this. Yeah. I wonder if, if I have to. I'm experiencing that without the kids part. You might. I had an experience like that one-on-one with someone that I consider a friend, a close friend. Yeah. This weekend. Mm. <clears throat> and I had to decide. Are you going to see it through? Yeah. Yeah. And it was more of like a question about my character. Mm, because that's hard. in the past, it's like, oh, I wouldn't even think twice. Here's my yeah. response. But, you know, it was like, yeah, that's right. That's what was going on in my head, Vivi. But what was acting was... I had to decide if I was going to retaliate. Retaliate. So yeah. it was a matter of retaliation. We were having a conversation and he said something just insanely chauvinistic. And I was mm. like, do I take this chance mm. to have a conversation about it? And yeah. it's like, well, I'm like the one in the friend group that always has something to say. Yeah, I've been there. Uh, I literally so left friend group because I was like, <laughs> I'm, am I the only one that sees this? I was just, I'm tired of taking that role on. Yeah, you kind of have to just like let them, you know, and be the ass that they need to be, and yeah. then they're on their on their own journey. Right. Sometimes they'll That's come back to me. you. One thing I've learned, it's like you just kind of do it on a different time. You take it to the side and you say, you know what? The other day you kind of said something I don't think you realized. Mm. If it's worth doing, because I there's times where I feel like I've wanted to do that mm-hmm. with certain people, but I'm just like, it's not really worth the time it takes to explain to someone who lacks the awareness. Yeah, or isn't even trying to. That's a great point. You know, if if they're trying, if you, they make an, ex, uh, they're trying to better themselves, you're mm-hmm. like, you know, I see that you're trying. This is how I can help you. Mm. But if they're not even trying, you know, or if you care about the person or you've never even brought it to their attention, like yep. no one's ever brought it to the attention, that's. <laughs> she said, man, man, fuck him. <laughs> You know, I think it just depends on the type of relationship you have with the person. I'm curious. And the kind of relationship you want to have. So any advice then on extenuation on that? uh, I would say. there's a precedent set. Mm -hmm. So there's a pre-understood understanding of my, who I am to this person. Mm -hmm. So their decisions in what they're saying is almost like prefaced with, oh, this is who I'm talking to. This is what I'm going to say. You can just say, I'm just not that person anymore. Is it? Is it that easy? Yeah. It's literally like, yeah, I mean, I know why you would say that, but like, I don't even vibe with that. Anymore. I don't even mm. agree with that anymore. Right, right. I mean, fortunately, in this situation, it's not an agree thing. Yeah. But like. But what what they did, basically, you made them feel comfortable enough to, to that they felt comfortable to exactly. say that. Exactly. And whereas in the past, and not even in the distant past, they would say something along those lines, something similar to that, and I would just respond. I would think, yep, this is something I need to speak my thoughts on. 
but it would be like visceral. Like he would, this is my friend in this example, uh, he would say something chauvinist, right? Or sexist. Mm-hmm. And it's just so clear. Mm-hmm. But it would upset me versus me thinking like, oh, I think I can help this person. And then I would go, oh, you're such a pig, dude. <laughs> you fucking pig. For real, man. Think- and then I would just move on. Yeah. And not even think about the impact of those words on that person. Right. I sometimes <clears throat> those things will only make that person lean into it harder. Right. Depending on their kind of character. Gotcha. If they're contrarians or if they're like, you know, have issues with like being kind of told, uh, you know, something against themselves. Mm-hmm. They'll just like, you know, like a teenager, they'll just do it double down. Mm. So the kind of reaction that you kind of have to lead with is if you think this person is kind of like worthy of not saving, but like helping kind Mm -hmm. of say like, you know, if you want to have better relationships with people, this isn't like the approach you want to take all the time. Gotcha. It might be worth saving, but then there's other times where like, no matter how many times you tell someone like, you know, you might want to reconsider how you say things or how you think about them. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd say it's one of those things where like, time and place time you know, and place like you see them for example like you can take account of everything they've said mm-hmm. and invite them out to dinner or one of them and say hey you know mm-hmm. I'm not perfect but there's definitely some things that you say that I've seen in myself that I haven't been like I'm not proud of and mm-hmm. I know that you would regret this later on and as your friend I just kind of want to let you know like this is kind of how it's off-putting how it comes across gotcha um, it's up to you whether or not you want to continue to be this way, but just know I'm bringing it to your attention because I care about you. Mm. And if you don't want to take my advice, then Godspeed. Okay. And then you decide if you want to continue how you want the relationship to continue. Because you can still be friends or close with them or acquaintances, you know, because then you also have to consider like this person is behaving in a way that do you want people to associate you with that person in the future? Yeah, that's something I think about a lot. You know? And so that is just like part of life is like your associations. We mm. learned, we learned that in like our youth, you know, but sometimes you just kind of want to be associated a little bit differently and that's okay too. You don't okay. always have to be associated in the same way that you were, you once were because mm. then where's your growth. Right. Now you're just living in these like bubbles yeah. of perceived your perceived self and like you're changing as a person. Yeah. It's crazy. In my head, I was like, uh, these pockets of yourself and you said bubbles. Yeah. So like, I get it. Like, yeah. okay, that was how it clicked for me. Yeah. You want to be with people who also evolve, who like, cause if you're still the same Antonio from when you used to work at medieval times <laughs> or GameStop, like, yeah, you know, then you're going to have a much harder time enjoying life. It's fair. It'll just be more vacant hmm. and you'll, you'll feel the emptiness and then you'll like, you know, and some, but some people prefer living like that. Yeah. And that's okay too. It's just not your caliber of person Yeah, and you're not their caliber of person, you know, and it doesn't even have to be that so black and white. It can just be like, it's fun when we hang out and it's also fun when we don't. Hmm. Well, that was very insightful. Thank you. That's what I learned. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna take that. Thank you. Okay, so uh, we're having a lot of uh, a lot of side combos. Side combos, which is on brand. It's all good. Um, Baby. So we're talking about Inspector Clouseau. 
Okay, <laughs> Adrian Brody. Then I wrote. Then we're back with Tarkanian, Jerry Tarkanian. Tark Tarkanian. Tarkanian. And that's where I said to Pray they're having a moment. Because <laughs> um, then we have Jenny and Magic meet. Right. That was an interesting first meet. And I wonder how accurate that was. I don't think it was. I don't think the show's accurate at all. <laughs> I think the money part's accurate. Mm, they, I think certain first impressions are accurate. I don't know. This might be one of them. Right, but, right, like not everything is. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, they even said it. Some of the stuff. I think the like racism is Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The intro will tell us that. Yeah, that's a hundred percent for real. Everything yeah. else, you know, maybe it's La La Land. Um, okay, and that then, was fun. That was fun when they met, though. And then we have because also that actress. Insane. I, I like didn't her. know she's great. She I looks like great too. I like her. Yeah, yeah, she's great. Better on fucking Jimmy Jacobs, that's for sure. Um, so is Jake. So I, I low wrote, bar. I wrote Genie and Magic Meat. He's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all you need to know about that. Moment, that's right? all you need to know about that. <laughs> and then we have Doctor Bus in a Vegas minute. It's absolutely suddenly it's Vegas. She she uh, Genie, his daughter, dropped in like a subtle shot. She oh. said. Oh, yeah, dad's getting ready. He's doing his hair, so it'll be an hour. Oh, um, that? Yeah. That was a moment. Mm -hmm. So then I Nice have, little plug. So then I have stagnant is precisely the word for Wes. Because he was talking about. For Dr. Bus. Oh, oh, you're talking about Jerry West. Sorry. Jerry West. Yes, yes. He was, I guess, talking about. Um, what was he saying? He was talking about. Um, one of the coaches. Oh, you mean uh, when he was with Portland, right? Portland? The assistant coach that came and looked like sort of just every other mobster accountant in the seventies. Yeah, he was kind of saying like, "Oh, he's very stagnant. Like he hasn't right. shown growth." And he I was, was like, "Oh, that's that's projection. Mm. You're stagnant, Jerry West. You're stagnant." <laughs> and um, it's funny because in the same episode. So, actually, I'm pretty sure when the Portland coach came and he was talking to Jerry West, he was the one calling Jerry stagnant. He was calling Jerry's offensive play Ah, uh, okay. There we go. There we go. So, I mixed the two. Yes. Yeah. He showed it up. Stagnant and, he, and Jerry West. That's all I associated. The, I'm not sure who the actor is, but I think he did that pretty well. He showed up and was definitely, like, being passive aggressive about, like, hey, I'm curious as to why, you know, you have these monsters, you have a new front I office. I mean, he read him to filth. Yeah, like totally came he read in him to filth. and opened up the Jerry book. And yeah, he was like, I've observed you. I know you more than you know you. Yeah, and Jerry, you're pretty he, stagnant. You have all these great players and you're not even using them to the to the best ability. Yeah, you can tell Jerry West was like, what the? And like, I was his, like, finally, finally. But also his competitive nature was kicking in. Right, because he was ready to be like, yeah. I want to get my job back. And you remember what he had in his hands the whole time while the Portland assistant coach his was talking. His statue ball? The ball. Yeah. That what he couldn't keep on yeah. since, what, episode one? After he yes. broke it. And he was holding it the whole time, and he was just like, mm -hmm. every time the assistant coach made a slight, I guess you would classify it as a slight, mm -hmm. he was like, Gripping it tighter and tighter. He's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And you can tell. So I thought that was great, too, because it inadvertently 
uh, what I would consider reactivated Jerry West's competitive juices. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe he'll direct that energy elsewhere. We're not sure where it's going to go. Yeah. I have Lowell West moment. No, don't reconsider. <laughs> Magic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, I, I'm guessing you're saying that because that's the moment after the assistant coach walks out, and then uh, uh, the, the other head guy coach. who we all or I always confuse for uh, Sean Bean who played Ned Stark. Ah. Uh, very similar. Uh, very similar. Very similar. Appearance. So I can't remember this actor's name, but <clears throat> he shows up mm -hmm. and he's basically giving Jerry West the rundown. Like, mm -hmm. hey, you're leaving the week before training camp. You're upset, but you're doing this to us. Mm -hmm. You sure you want to go? And Jerry's like, I want to go. And he's like, all right, finish packing. It was good. And okay. he walks out. Ah. Uh. All I wrote and, is don't reconsider. Yeah, I think. Leave. You yeah. need to go. Um, and then we have, I wrote, Magic being a local at the Moody premiere. Ah. Because he was being such a local. Yeah. And it I was mean, Magic. And for him to take that card. Zastro was starting. Zastro. He was a, he was, he can't be real. Yeah. Or you know what? He is as real as it gets as an L.A. pimp. In the 70s and mm -hmm. 80s. Yeah. He looks like, I'm going to take all your money. Yeah. And he had painted nails. Really? Yeah. Like clear or uh, an actual color? His color. I think his pinky and his ring finger were black. Interesting. Mm -hmm. For dudes who like to paint their nails, this is like not like a diss or anything. Yeah, like absolutely not. Please it's, tell me why. Right. It's more of a reference to wasn't aware that was a thing around that time i mean i don't have i don't necessarily like think it's a problem i'm just curious because i'm i'm not that used to guys i painting their nails mm -hmm. i mean i know like guys paint their nails clear right but when it comes to like a color like i've seen pete davidson paint his nails yeah i mean bad bunny j balvin again <clears throat> why i don't i'm not saying why not obviously why not you're 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 doing the why not right i'm asking why yeah, it's a learning moment. I'm just trying to send us your said if you were up for it. Not yet. Um, so then we have the moment. The moment. The hair moment. Ooh. Dr. Bus and his lustrous come over. Good old John C. Riley. I mean, that was hot. <laughs> I I was fucking with that scene, I thought. Hmm. And he just does, he does such a great job of, uh, I'm not sure what the literary term is, but of comparing what he's going through in that moment mm -hmm. to something else and making it very relatable. So maybe like a metaphor, a simile, I don't know what you did, like or as, you know, that whole thing. But okay. like, remember that scene where you're talking about where he's doing his hair. Mm-hmm. He keeps talk. he's not even really talking about his hair, mm -hmm. but he is, where uh, He's explaining. Like taking the time it takes to like get yeah. it all right. Look mm -hmm. at the, okay. I I honestly didn't even know there was dialogue in that scene. Really? I just saw hair. <laughs> Isn't that weird? I was like, the dialogue was background noise. I was like, he was talking? Yeah, he was what doing a it? lot of talking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are just certain moments when you're watching that you just get so lost in the scene. You're like, mm. I don't even... I'm sorry, I'm just back to a place of Vikings. <laughs> but yeah, this show is so good. 
Um, and so then they're in Vegas. That's right. He and flies out with his his right hand man, mm-hmm. uh, Doctor Buss's right hand man. And I wrote "Love an Old School Bar." Oh, they're kind of yeah. like that dining. It was like a yeah. bistro, like a bistro. Oh wait, is that more for like desserts? Bistro is more for like lunch. Okay, so they're they're more like fine dining, mm. like like Las Vegas fine dining, right. which is like a little cheap. A little fancy, mm. almost like a trat. What is it called? A trattoria, like an Italian. Yeah, I was gonna say definitely pasta. Mm-hmm. And then I thought money bags, and as soon as I said money bags, they look back to. So basically, it's Doctor Bus, Jerry Tart, another Jerry Tar- yeah. Tarkanian, the coach thereafter, Toupee, and Doctor <laughs> Bus's hand right hand man. Yeah, and they're just trying to negotiate. And they're trying to, like, make the deal very sweet for Jerry to come over to play for the Lakers as the new head coach. Yep. And basically, there's some, like, weird, there's a weird relationship between Jerry T and Dupay Guy. And they're basically, like, you can tell that there's, like, there's a, there's a discomfort between them. Right. They, there's something they're not talking about. But they're talking <clears throat> about it. Exactly. And basically, it happens immediately because as soon as I wrote that down, they look back. Oh, right. And the mafia is literally looking over at them. Not an exaggeration. Literally, ver- like they're, they, made, they made a comment. Again, some moments, I just don't know what they're saying. <laughs> and it turns over, and as I professed, it was the mafia. Yeah, the, the table gets a uh, champagne oh, bottle. Oh, here's my, new, my, my favorite scene. Franklin threw Fred three free throws. Oh. Franklin <laughs> threw Fred three free throws. Franklin threw Fred through free throws. That is Pat Riley. That's Adrian Brody as Pat Riley in his garage. In his faggy voice washout. Right. According to Chick. That's what he called it. Chick. Chick called him. The current announcer for the Lakers called Adrian uh, Pat Riley's voice faggy. Yeah. So I wrote, (laughs) faggy voice washout is my new mantra. (laughs) (laughs) Faggy boys wash, which I was like, his voice is not faggy whatsoever. No, I was like, you've clearly never met a twink in your life. <laughs> really, yeah. And, um, how would you know? Right, uh, exactly. You know what? Yeah, the way he they just be out hair. here exposing themselves and they don't even know it. Mm-hmm. Um, you see, you chick. And then we have Adrian cutting these ivies is making what? It, well, hold on. Oh. So the next scene is Adrian is cutting the ivy in his like the growth in his garage storage shed, and I wrote Adrian cutting these ivies is making me clean my house. <laughs> Hopefully no. not like that no, no, because no. he absolutely obliterates the entire like, garage. I can't even read my sentence. I wrote Adrian cutting these ivies is me cleaning my house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he definitely went through all the stages of cleaning. Yeah. Except for him, it was not cleaning. And then, ugh, well, Jillian, <laughs> she made a reference about how the dead, how, you know, indigenous tribal people would, like, let go of the dead. Some would burn them. Yeah. Some would send them down the sea. And I was yeah. like, is she one drinking? <laughs> is that why she's so bad? So. Like, did they know? Always in a place of Bravo slash Vikings, just so we're clear. I wrote, in a place of Vikings, and I'm loving it. <laughs> I just felt so seen in that moment. Right. I was waiting for the scene to come I was like, they do. Out. They burn them and ship them out to sea. How did she know? <laughs> is she a Viking? She, is she a... I mean, blonde hair, blue eyes. Well, that's not her. 
It, I don't know what is she. You know, Ooh, I try not to she? look at her. You're right. I'm not I really that try not to in look her at her. Natural hair color. Uh, it's brown and she's fair skinned with brown eyes. Mm. But I'm, you know, I just had to look at her. <laughs> anyway, and then after that scene, it was Urban and Cookie. Right, he's in bed talking to her on the phone. Mm-hmm. Well, we should clarify. He calls her university, and she doesn't answer. All the girls on her floor do. Well, because for those of you who were born after 2000, there was a thing called a landline. The landline, that's right. It's and a house phone. It was, and in this situation, the landline was everybody's phone at the school. That's right. So those are things, those are things that we used to do. You know, that's history. And, of course, Irvin. Like I tell my children. These are things that happened before you were born. So that makes it history now. Like, so much before. That's me explaining Vikings to them. They're like, why are they <laughs> killing them with an axe? Why are they chopping their heads off? I'm like, well, you know, people back then, they fought different things. That's how they resolve their issues. You know, and but now that we know better, we do better. That's and how I'm you sure learn, Gwen was like, do we know? Gwen was like, right, because you don't kill people with axes. Because if you kill them with axes, then you go to jail because you're a criminal. (laughs) That's what she Uh, says. Six-year-olds. Yeah. And then we have, oh, Wes literally being written by his wife. His wife that just gets uh, brought up in the show for the first time. And I wrote, stop trying to make Wes a sexual person. (laughs) <laughs> he clearly is not neither is pat riley though oh my god at least not right now and then one of the most intense scenes which is not the the scene you think i'm about to this scene i'm about to talk about okay this scene is dr bus is talking about how flying flies ah when he's riding in the car with his oh. daughter Jean. and he's basically explaining that when you're flying, you're really free falling. Yeah, he's and you're free falling to land. And I wrote, I'm never flying again. <laughs> I literally thought the same thing in my head while he was talking. I'm never flying again. So there's no way I'm getting on a plane. There's no way. You mean I'm free falling? Yeah, you're not even flying. You're so I'm basically falling very fast. I'm free falling to California. Mm-hmm. I'm free falling to <laughs> New York. I'm taking a red eye. What they're doing from is from California to New York to fall. <laughs> and Hell you're no. just and there's people, real people that sit there and go, I love being on planes. Never love hmm. being on planes. I can tell you with confidence it's never been an experience of mine. No, I I I can I'm right there with you. I I have yet to meet someone who enjoys the flying. They enjoy the arriving. Right. Not the flying. But and now that I'm free fall, oh, did you hear about the news? Oh, the China plane? Yes. Ugh. Why is everything so, like, in such synchrony? It must be that demon that escaped the rock in Japan. Are you sure it isn't I mean, Damien she's out. and Jajina? Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> y'all Damien are, are going to have to tune into the Love is Blind episode because I I have things to say about so these many two demons. <laughs> And oh, I have so much more. Especially, <laughs> I finally learned the what I think is planted person's name, Rory. Oh, you mean the plant? Yeah, yeah. the plant. I'll okay. expand on that in the episode. You guys definitely got to check that one out. And so then the episode ends with the mafioso toupee person 
Oh. And a trunk. So just a little bit more context. Uh, the new apparent new head coach of the Lakers, uh, Jerry T, mm-hmm. is on his way. He's like picking out land with his wife. They're talking about finding maids. Mm-hmm. He makes a crazy racist statement like, there's Mexicans for that. And you're like, that was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And that was the 70s. Then he and calls. The 80s and the 90s. That's right. He called the 2010s. <laughs> <laughs> he calls the uh, toupee's wife. Mm-hmm. And she goes, I haven't heard from him. Yes, Have he's gone know? missing. He's gone missing. And but of we course, all know. we all know. End of the scene, they end up, or is it, yeah, yeah, they end up as in Dr., not Dr. Bus, Jerry T and his wife mm-hmm. end up in the hotel that he was supposed to be meeting to pay. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of cops. And then his wife answers and she's like, Jerry. They found Toupee. <laughs> and then the episode ends. It ends right there. That took a turn. Turn is an understatement. <laughs> Everything Dr. Buss went through, that emotional roller coaster for 50 minutes, ends with a huge question mark. Great job, Adam. <laughs> Thanks, Adam McKay. And that was the episode, guys. That was the episode. Great stuff. Honestly, I'm three episodes in. I think it's probably safe to say. You're in it. I'm in. All right, guys. Well, I got to head out. That's right, mommy. Got to go pick up my little babies. But tune in next week. We'll be discussing episode four. We're so glad that you're here with us on episode three. Thank you so much. You know where to reach us. The information will be in the show notes. Hit me up at olavichola at gmail.com. Olavichola on all your social media platforms. You can hit me up on It's Anson. Say these all platforms. All right, guys. Bye. Bye.